Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This is episode number 156 of our newsletter this week. And in this episode, I'm going to talk a lot about my thoughts on the upcoming changes in regards to passage-based SEO. I'll share with you a little bit about what we know and what I'm speculating is going to, the impact is going to be of this change. And I think that those of us who uh, can figure out how to optimize for intent are going to do much, much better than those who are still relying on some more traditional ways of, of doing SEO. I'm going to share some interesting things that uh, Izzy Smith tweeted about in regards to a conversation with uh, Fabrice Canel from Bing and, uh, and talk about much more as well. In terms of algorithm updates, something seems to have happened around October 20th, so just about a week ago at the time I'm recording this. I'm recording this on uh, Wednesday, October 28th, uh, in case some of you are listening to this in the future. October 20th, we saw quite a few websites that seem to have changes that look like some type of a a, a tweak to Google's algorithms. Uh, It was interesting to see that it was mostly strongly YMYL sites, or maybe I'm, I'm starting to wonder whether we should actually categorize sites as YMYL. I feel like we should be talking about sites that rank for YMYL queries as opposed to YMYL sites. I I know that seems like a a tiny thing, but I think that's important. Um, A lot of the sites that were impacted on October 20th were websites that have content that talk about uh, financial subjects, legal subjects, medical subjects as well. Uh, There wasn't enough movement for us to call this a major algorithm update. And I really didn't see people talking about an update. Um, And I think there's a good possibility that this is still connected to Google's indexing issues. So we haven't done a thorough investigation of this particular update. If it affected you, though, if you noticed that on October 20th, uh, give or take a day on either side, that your traffic has changed significantly, and you can't uh, uh, explain that with seasonality, uh, then maybe tweet at me, because uh, that's sometimes what uh, encourages me to do more research on a particular update, is when more and more people are asking for help with this update uh, or change, then we'll, uh, we'll look into it. And right now, We've got so much to look into. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research this week still on websites that were affected by the May 4th update. Quite a while ago, uh, that was our last core update, though. And so I've got some more stuff to to share with you. I think what we'll do is um, our Q&A section at the end of this podcast episode. Uh, Somebody shared with us a site that was impacted on May 4th. And I have some thoughts uh, as to why that happened. So stay tuned to the end of the episode to uh, to catch that. Um, Google announced that. Uh, okay. <sighs> We know that there were there have been issues with indexing. I've been talking about this for weeks now, and it seemed to start mid-September. Uh, and Google said, "Well, there's a couple of issues. One was with canonicalization, and one was mo- with mobile-first indexing." I'm not going to rehash all those. If you are interested in that, my last few podcast episodes I've talked about that in great detail. Um, and a lot of people have been super concerned about the fact that you go into Search Console, and now there's a notification that says that indexing is suspended or index requests. Uh, So in the past, if you created new content or you updated content, you could go into Search Console and uh, inspect the page and request indexing 
And Google would almost always, uh, uh, at least for the first time you requested it, um, go to that page, crawl it, and re-index, basically index the changes that you've made, um, or add a, a brand new page if that's what you're trying to do. Uh, and that that option for us to request Google to index certain pages has been missing for a couple of weeks now. Now, I've seen a couple of people on Twitter uh, speculate that this is not coming back, that it's not in Google's best interest to allow us to request indexing whenever we want. Uh, but Google says very clearly in a couple of places that this is a temporary thing. Um, let's see if I can find here. Yeah, so so I was wondering if this was connected to the indexing issues. Kind of makes sense, right? I mean, they had issues with indexing. Uh, and then shortly after that, they said, oh, by the way, you can't request indexing. We've got an issue here. Uh, somebody asked John Mueller about this on Twitter. And John said, changes in Search Console are unrelated to the indexing issues. Uh, and he also said, we don't have a timeline to share for the Search Console changes at the moment. Um, it, it still should be coming back. Google Webmasters tweeted, this was October 14th, so two weeks ago, uh, we have disabled the request indexing feature of the URL inspection tool in order to make some infrastructure changes. They also said, we expect it will return in the coming weeks. Oh, we expect it will return. You know, the first time I read that, I was like, look, Google said it's returning in a couple of weeks, but that's kind of vague. Maybe there is some truth to it. Maybe we won't get it back. I don't know. Uh, and they go on in their tweet to say, we continue to find and index content through our regular methods. Now, uh, there doesn't seem to be a problem right now with getting new content indexed. Although I do, I think for like a year or more now, I have been seeing people complain that some of their content struggles to get indexed. And then most times when I look at that content, it's content that really isn't the best of its kind. It's content that you would like to rank, but it's no better than what's already ranking. And I think that in some cases, Google is just saying, look, there's no point in us adding this to the index on the off chance that maybe somebody might be looking for content from your website on this subject. Uh, and so if you're struggling to have content indexed, I wouldn't be so much focused on, is there a problem on Google's side? I would really be spending time looking at whether you truly are the best option to rank, or at least one of the top 10 options to rank. Uh, you know, it's probably not in Google's best interest to spend a crazy amount of time and, and budget on trying to fix ranking issues for some site that, you know, is going to rank on page six or something, you know. So, these indexing issues are, are very, very interesting, and I don't know if they're connected to the changes that Google's making. But we do know that Google's going to be making changes in regards to uh, passages. Now, let's talk about this passage-based ranking I always want to say passage-based indexing, and I think the way that Google first described this thing, it sounded like they were going to have an index that had uh, just, you know, chunks of text from different passages, different parts of web pages, and Google has said, no, that's that's not the case. They're still uh, creating, they're not going to have two separate indexes. They'll still have an index of pages, but they'll be able to pull information from those pages better. Uh, and so this, when we combine all these things, I think we can get off of the topic of uh, uh, Google Search Console request indexing not working. I do think that will come back, but if it doesn't, you know, I don't know, you know, but it, it's, it's going to be gone for a little while. 
But let's talk about what is what changes are, is Google making? They've told us they're making infrastructure changes. They've also told us that they're going to be coming out with something big that's going to impact 7% of search results. And like I said last week, this change will be massive. When Penguin first came out, and it was huge, I think most SEOs who were in the industry in 2012, you can you can pinpoint where you were on April 24th, 2012, when Penguin first came out, because it was such a huge change to so many websites, and especially websites that had focused on SEO. Uh, and Penguin, I think most of you know this, but just in case you don't, initially Penguin, well, and still, Penguin went after websites sites that had been abusing link building. And initially it was very, very low quality links that were impacted. Uh, and so, you know, if you had been involved in building links, you were probably impacted in some way by Penguin in April of 2012. So if you think of how big the impact of that was, Google told us that that change impacted 3% of searches. And this change that's coming up that they've told us in regards to passages and use of BERT, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, is suspected, they, they think it's going to impact 7% of searches. So 3% for Penguin, 7% for this change. Now, uh, to put it again in context, Panda, when it first came out, impacted, I believe it was 12% of, uh, of, uh, of searches. So this is not a, a minor change. And uh, I think when this happens, it's going to throw a lot of SEOs for a loop. So... I wanted to share with you some of how I think this is going to work, and some of it is based on, we, we've had several things that happened in the last week. Um, we, we had the Quality Raiders Guidelines update, and there were a lot of things in the Quality Raiders Guidelines that uh, instructed the Quality Raiders how to better determine what, uh, whether a searcher's needs were met. I'll come to that in just a minute. We also had this announcement in the search on event that Google did uh, that Google is, uh, they've been using BERT to better understand the intent of queries. They actually said in their initial announcement about BERT, BERT is particularly good at understanding the intent behind a query. Uh, and so we've got the, the <laughs> Google's new change to their algorithms getting better at understanding the intent behind a query. Combining that with the fact that the quality raters are being told, can we figure out whether this page actually met the needs of the searcher? Did it satisfy the intent, the, the reason why they came to this page? And when you combine that with the fact that Google's now saying, hey, we're going to get really good at pulling passages out of pages, they're getting better at determining which parts of pages are actually answering a searcher's query. So I was trying to think of an example to explain how I think this will change SEO. And um, I, I, I've been doing a lot of research recently on vitamin D. Now, vitamin D has had a lot of coverage in uh, online because there's uh, been some research showing that uh, most people who have COVID-19 also have vitamin D deficiency. And there's some debate as to, uh, well, you know, well, I think most people <laughs> in uh, North America tend to have vitamin D deficiency. We're, we don't tend to eat the foods that we need vitamin D from, and the best source for vitamin D is sunshine 
And uh, I think we, you know, especially because we're in lockdown in a lot of places, we're not getting as much sunshine as we should. So vitamin D has had a lot of coverage lately. But I've been interested in vitamin D for a different reason. I'm probably going to share a little bit too much personal information here. Um, But I've been struggling with a little bit of a skin condition. And I'm super itchy a lot of the time. And just, I'm not asking for people to send me... um, answers to fix the skin condition. It's it's something I've been working on for quite a long time. Um, and some of my research is showing that maybe it could be connected to vitamin D. So I started doing uh, a little bit of research on vitamin D. Obviously, I, I started my research on Google. If I search for, I started off searching things like vitamin D and itchiness. And I would get these long posts uh, from, it's always Healthline, Mayo Clinic, uh, the giants that we recognize in search with articles that were all inclusive about vitamin D uh, and very good articles from sources that I would trust. Uh, But really there was nothing in, I mean, some of them said one of the side effects could be that you're itchy if you're low on vitamin D. Uh, But there really wasn't specific stuff, expert level advice that I was looking for. So what I do and what you, you guys probably do too as um, somebody who's been trained how to use Google we we reformulate our search query so I realized so I have um, some medical background I was a veterinarian for many years uh, and and so I started to use some medical terms uh, maybe thinking all right well Google can maybe figure out that um, I'm not just looking for an overview of the symptoms of being deficient on vitamin D uh, I typed in things like Vitamin D deficiency pruritus. Pruritus is a medical term for itchiness. Uh, dermatologist. I, I added different things to my search query. Um, and then as I found one article that talked about a particular type of condition, I added that condition to my search query. And eventually I found a research article uh, that uh, has one section that is really, really relevant to what the symptoms are that I'm uh, struggling with right now and how they're connected to vitamin D. But it took me like two hours of research just to find this. Um, And I'm off to see my dermatologist actually uh, as soon as I'm done recording this podcast. And I'm going to share this article with her and we'll see. I'm also getting tested for uh, vitamin D and a bunch of other things. But the point that I'm trying to say here is that information was in Google's index, but it was really, really hard for me to find. Now come back to the point where Google said, look, BERT is really getting good at determining the intent behind a query. So my query, again, it went through several variations of ways I could determine vitamin D skin problems. And I think that Google gave me better results today than they would have, say, a few years ago. You know, a few years ago, whoever paid the most money for links probably was ranking really well. Uh, And it would be very commercialized, and it was probably not what I wanted. Today, at least, I've got some authoritative stuff. I I know for the most most part, if I get an article from Healthline or from Mayo Clinic or WebMD... I'm, I'm going to get something that I can trust. Uh, but also, it's, it tends to be very, very general. Um, so where do we go from here? I, I really think that future Google would like to figure out from my query what I wanted. And I think that it doesn't. it's not going to be that I have to reformulate my query many, many times. Although, think about this. I, I think that 
when BERT comes out, some of us who have been using Google for a long time, not when BERT comes out, when these changes uh, that allow BERT to find information on passages come out, um, a lot of us are going to have to get better at searching because uh, it's really interesting how, you know, I did a, my, my daughter and I were making banana bread uh, recently. And so we wanted to find a good recipe. I don't eat dairy, which is, you know, contributes to my vitamin D uh, issues. Um, and so I uh, picked up my phone and I did a search for banana bread, no dairy. My daughter, she looked on her phone and she said, find me a good recipe for banana bread that does not have any dairy in it. Now, which query is better? The thing is, we all search in different ways. And Google will figure out, uh, you know, because we used to, like, the way I was searching before by modifying my query with paritis or, you know, with these different modifying words, I do believe that Google's use of BERT will allow us to eventually just speak in plain English. So instead of me uh, modifying my query repeatedly, rather, uh, I would be able to say, I'm very itchy. I have symptoms that look like this. Uh, I think I might have a vitamin D deficiency. Can you find me an article that uh, looks like that? You know, like that, it, it, it will look something like that, I think. And Google will get much better at determining that. Now, let's combine this with the changes that happened in the quality raters guidelines recently. And again, I talked about this last week. Um, the quality raters guidelines, they uh, added several examples to help the raters understand whether a searcher's needs were met. They talk about this thing called needs met. And um, without me extensively reformatting my query for vitamin D, the research article that I found, it wouldn't have surfaced. Um, and, and all of the other articles that came up didn't meet my need. And so quality raters uh, probably are reporting back to the Google engineers repeatedly saying, you know, if this was the need, I don't think it was met with this particular article. And um, this is likely where passages come in, where if Google can get better at determining that, look, uh, when I found this research article on vitamin D and, and skin conditions, uh, I had to skim through a lot. I had to read through a lot. I had to control F a fair amount to find the actual part of that uh, research article that was relevant to what I was searching for. Um, and I think that in the future, with better BERT and whatever we're going to call this thing, whether, whether it's passage-based um, indexing, passage-based ranking probably makes more sense, that uh, that would do a better job. So when you combine, again, uh, Google getting better at understanding intent, quality raters uh, helping train uh, Google engineers, um, helping, not train, helping uh, determine whether the changes the engineers have proposed to the algorithm do a better job at surfacing pages that meet my needs, and also the fact that Google will get better at surfacing the parts of the page that I need, then this is the future of SEO. Uh, and so I, I was asked uh, recently to contribute to uh, an article on, um, this always happens near the end of the year, right? What is your prediction for SEO in 2021? And I really think that the buzzword or the buzz phrase that we're going to be using is optimizing for intent. So let's say I was doing SEO for a dermatologist and this dermatologist has articles on vitamin D. In the past, and, and really now, what most SEOs do is we'll do keyword research, right? We'll figure out which keywords are bringing the most people to this article. But now it's harder 
because we want to figure out what is the intent of the majority of people when they come to this page. So in the past, I could look at data and I could say, ah, oh, the keyword that brings the most traffic to this page is vitamin D side effects. And then we would write you know, a post that um, is gives the best answers to people who want to know vitamin D side effects. But I believe that with these new changes that are coming up, we'll be able to drill down even uh, deeper to figure out um, not what are the keywords, but to actually figure out what is the intent of people that come. And is there intent where people are actually uh, surfacing, Google surfacing our page, but we haven't met the user's needs. And if you can figure that out, then you're going to start to rank really well. And I think we're going to see that it's not just the giant authorities. EAT will still be important. Like if I, uh, who, you know, somebody who's not a dermatologist writes an article about vi vitamin D deficiency and skin conditions, uh, I have no EAT for that, right? So it's not like we can go, all right, let's just make up content and whoever does the best um a job at optimizing for intent wins. It's a combo of things, right? Google's going to be showing us, yeah, yeah, this article is written by somebody who has the appropriate expertise to write on this, and it also very clearly answers uh, the intent, the, the, the questions that people had when they were coming there. I think that something that might be important uh, when optimizing for intent is scroll tracking. We can look at people, we can look at things and say, ah, when people come to this post, a lot of them scroll to this section on skin-related side effects. And then what we can do is look at competitors who have similar, similar pages and see, do they cover more things about skin-related side effects than we do? Is there more detail that we could be adding? And I think our goal of, uh, for each piece of content will be to determine what information are people looking for that other sites are not providing? And how can we make that information easy to find for our searchers? And I'm going to cover that with the Q&A section in a minute, uh, where we talk about a piece of content that is really, really good, but I think that searchers have a hard time finding the information in this content. Um, some of the things that we're looking at, and uh, I do have, you know, I promised you last week that I'd have an article out on this subject, and uh, I did not get it done. Um, it's going to hopefully be done by the end of this week. We'll see. Uh, but some of this stuff will be in the article. I think that there's things that uh, we can look at, especially around heading use. If Google is trying to figure out which passages of pages are important, They've hinted in many places that they're going to be looking at headings for this. Now, this doesn't mean that you're going to win by, you know, act, by optimizing your headings exactly. The goal here is to be able to point out to Google, uh, oh, you're looking for information on this? All the information in this paragraph under this heading is what you're looking for. That also helps searchers to skim as well. I think that generic, easy to research content is probably going to suffer in whatever this future update is. Um, if I gave you a little bit of guidance and a bit of time to work on things, you, you who probably, I'm assuming that most of you do not have dermatology experience, you probably could go and write an article on how vitamin D deficiency affects skin conditions uh, or causes skin conditions. You could probably do loads of research and make a well-referenced, well-researched article, even though you're lacking the expertise. But the real value to me, you know what I was looking for in this article? I was looking for somebody who had an article uh, that showed pictures of the particular types of um, 
itchy areas that were affected by vitamin D deficiency. I had a really hard time finding this. Um, and, uh, you know, actual clinical experience, you know, to have a dermatologist say, ah, yes, we see this, you know, a few times a month and it looks like this. There is stuff that Google will start to surface and we won't be, no tool is going to be able to tell you. There's, there's not going to be a tool that can look at an article and say, you know what, the intent of most searchers who come to this is to discover uh, this particular part about their uh, medical condition. I think it would be impossible to, uh, you know, to make a tool that does that type of thing. Danny Sullivan, the, he said last year that Google can't tell in many cases who wrote what content, but they can often tell when it's expert written. And I think when you combine all these things, the websites that truly are subject matter experts and are able to convey that information in a way that's easy for people to digest, uh, they will be the ones that are, are going to be winning. And I think I'm, I'm really concerned about uh, agencies that offer content writing. There will still always be a place for that, uh, I think. But I think that if you're trying to compete in areas where there are subject matter experts, if you don't have those experts uh, contributing strongly to your articles, it's going to be really hard uh, to get people to say, yeah, that's the article that I was looking for. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot to, to discuss in this area. I, I did want to mention, and just before I started recording podcast, uh, I got a note from Lily Ray and Lily has a brand new article out on search engine journal this week. And I would really encourage you to check it out. Uh, she partnered up with Bill Swalski, who, uh, most of you know, is very, very good at understanding Google patents. And they looked at several Google patents and how uh, they contribute to EAT, uh, again, all parts of uh, Google's ranking system. Um, and I would really encourage you to read that because uh, there's really good stuff. There's so much going on right now in how Google is changing search. And I don't, uh, you know, I don't pretend to understand it all. I hope most of you realize that I'm theorizing here. Um, and our goal is to, to figure out, you know, what is it that we can do to actually help uh, websites produce better content and help you to advise your clients or to work on your own website to produce the content that Google is going to value uh, from this point on. Um, speaking of which, Google Search Console sent out some email notifications. We had a couple for clients of ours uh, talking about how to do better on Discover. If you're not paying attention to Discover traffic, you really should be. Um, and we got a notification that was talking about uh, how we should be adding better images uh, or our clients should be adding better images, high quality, compelling images, 1200 pixels wide or larger. Uh, it's interesting that Google would send out an email about this because they, I guess they really want to feature um, more websites in Discover, but uh, you, you need to have a lot of things, uh, you know, so if you don't have a uh, a good representative image, then maybe you're less likely to be featured in Discover. So if you do get Discover traffic, I would urge you to pay attention to uh, the dimensions of your images that you use and uh, even look at whether you, know, you could test using different types of images to see what kind of effect that has. 
Um, we got some word this week that Chrome 86 is about to block abusive notification requests. And we also heard from Martin Split that Google is actually able to sign up for notifications. So you know in Chrome where you get a drop down that says, hey, we'd like to send you notifications, block or accept. And it, it's dumb how so many websites put this on their website before I've even engaged with their content. Uh, and, uh, you know, people don't like that type of thing. But some of these notifications are abusive in the sense that when you click allow, uh, it might cause you to download malware or, um, you know, just do something that you didn't expect. Uh, so if you are abusing these types of notifications, this is something that Google is now able to detect. And they, if they do detect it, they're going to send you a warning. So this is what Google said. Uh, when a site is found to be in failing status for any type of notification abuse, Search Console will send an email to registered site owners and users in the site's Search Console at least 30 calendar days prior to the start of enforcement. During the 30-day grace period, websites can address the issue and request another review. So it'll be interesting to see. I haven't seen any websites. I don't think this has happened just yet. Uh, I'm not sure whether Chrome um, 86 is live yet. Uh, but I think that a lot of websites will start to get these. And what we don't know is whether that will eventually impact the site's ability to rank. Uh, I believe somebody from Google said that's not a thing just yet, uh, but if it's something that um, causes people to not trust a website, then it, it makes sense to me that uh, trust is needed to, to rank for YMYL queries. So you do not want uh, to get one of these warnings from Google, in my opinion. Let's talk about this great uh, tweet thread that Izzy Smith released uh, based on an interview with Fabrice Canal from Bing. Now, this is based on an interview which uh, we've linked to, I think Izzy posted it on Facebook. Uh, in all honesty, I did not have the time to listen to the interview, but the tweet thread that Izzy gave was absolutely amazing. And so I want to talk about a couple of things that came up. Now, these are things that are important to Bing. I admittedly do not spend enough time looking at Bing traffic. We've been so focused on Google, uh, but I think there's a lot that we can learn because if Bing tells us, uh, you know, here's how we value quality, there's a good chance that Google is doing something similar. Um, and also, we shouldn't be ignoring Bing. Like a lot of websites get decent traffic from Bing. Um, this one was really interesting. She said, featured snippet satisfaction can be measured by how it reduces a SERP's click-through rate. So let's think about that. If, uh, let's say, there was a particular featured snippet uh, that Bing decided to, uh, to surface and, and rank in the featured snippet spot. And when that featured snippet ranks there, uh, it's like nobody clicks on any other results. They just want that snippet. I think that's that's a positive ranking factor, right? Now, uh, we've had arguments about whether Google uses click-through rate and uh, you know, that Google doesn't have access to your Google Analytics or at least to use it for, uh, they've said they don't use it in terms of ranking decisions. Uh, but this makes sense, right? Like if you, if, if, if a search engine was trying to figure out which result should we use as the featured snippet, and if they put the result from site A in and, uh, you know, 80% of the people click on that, and then they try putting site B in there and 20% of the people click on that, uh, as opposed to uh, any other results that they could get, I, I think that sends a message, right? So... 
if you win a featured snippet, you really want to be paying attention to uh, whether you're actually answering that user's query, uh, because we've seen it happen where sites get a featured snippet, and then when you click through, you're like, well, actually, that didn't answer my question. And I'm trying to think of the example. There was, there was something we looked up. We recently got some fish, and we were looking up uh, something about setting up the new tank, and the featured snippet was actually completely wrong and caused us... Uh, I'm embarrassed to say this. We lost some fish because we we I didn't read the whole article. I just read the featured snippet, um, and so you know it's important <laughs> for sometimes Google like if your featured snippet doesn't reflect what's actually in your article, you should be rewriting your article so that Google or Bing pulls the right information out. The other thing uh, Izzy said was links matter less for Bing than they do for other search engines, which was really interesting to me because in my days when I first started doing work with penguin-affected sites, um, one of the things we would look at to determine whether Google was suppressing a site uh, because of unnatural links was to see whether uh, the site could still rank in Bing. Because it seemed that for quite a long time, if you had unnatural links, you would be killing it in Bing rankings, whereas Google would figure out that, oh, you know, maybe those links aren't, uh, <laughs> aren't the best ones. Now, I haven't looked at this for a few years, and it's possible that Bing's done better with combating link spam. Um, it's also possible that Bing is using, we, we really don't know what they're using in terms of uh, BERT or other types of natural language processing. So I, I thought that was interesting. I don't know what we can learn from it, though. And the other thing I'll pull out of this tweet thread is uh, content removal. When it comes, Izzy says, when it comes to proving that deleted, broken, old content should be removed from the index for Bing, the process is sped up by simply 301-ing those URLs to the homepage rather than providing a 404 or 410. I don't understand that. You'd think that Google or that Bing would say, oh, this page has a 404 code, uh, maybe it should be gone, or 410, meaning that it should be permanently gone, right? Um, uh, and then removing it. But for some reason, 301-ing your pages to the, to the home page tells Bing that this is content that should be removed from the index. That's really interesting. Um, now, keep in mind that this is me paraphrase, paraphrasing Izzy, paraphrasing uh, Bing. So uh, I don't know what I can learn from that, but it just seemed very unusual to me, and I thought it was something that I would pass on. So speaking of Bing, uh, and I probably should have mentioned this earlier because it's very important, apparently Bing is having indexing issues as well. Um, Microsoft confirmed that there was an issue with Cloudflare, and that it's an issue on Microsoft's side. So if, if you've been having problems with indexing in Bing, there's a good chance that this is something, if, if you're using Cloudflare, there's a good chance that this is something that will just fix itself. With that said, though, Fabrice Cannell tweeted uh, a few things that made us wonder. Um, a couple of times he mentioned that uh, we should be paying attention to Bing's webmaster guidelines and that some websites have been removed for bad behavior. Uh, and, and I think what he's saying is that if, um, you know, Bing has started to de-index websites that don't comply with their webmaster guidelines as well. Uh, so again, we haven't paid a lot of attention to indexing issues at Bing, but if you are struggling with indexing issues, then it's, it could be one of two things, I guess one of three things. 
first thing you'd always look at is, have you done something? Is there a technical thing? Did pages get no index? Did somebody, um, you know, try to remove it from the index? Uh, uh, that type of thing. Secondly, if you use Cloudflare, you might just have to wait uh, until this is fixed, and I don't know when that will happen. And third, uh, start looking at which pages were uh, excluded and not and de-indexed. If you're not using Cloudflare and it's not a technical issue, it's possible that you're doing something that goes against Bing's guidelines, and uh, that can be hard to figure out for your own website. So sometimes it makes sense to have like a a third party sort of look and go, oh, well, the guidelines say this and you're doing that. Um, so interesting stuff. I, we, we haven't had anybody reach out to us yet for a, a Bing traffic drop. You know, it's interesting to note, we've had, a, it seems to me, a real uptick in uh, people reaching out for help recently uh, and help with old things like May 4th uh, drops and, and drops, traffic drops that have happened for uh, over the space of years. And I don't know whether that's, you know, maybe we've had a bit more publicity like and, and people are starting to notice that uh, maybe we could help them. Um, I think it's more likely to be that uh, people that were sort of paralyzed uh, in terms of business decisions during COVID are now starting to realize, look, this is the way things are. And if we're going to function as a business, we need to uh, continue to invest in SEO and to continue to, to do things to move the business forward. So I actually think this is a really exciting time because um, as much as the world is struggling right now, uh, certain areas, especially online business, uh, are doing quite well. So that's a, a good thing. We don't have a whole lot to report in terms of local SEO news. Uh, Bright Local's local rank flux tool is showing uh, not much change, so I don't think there's been any major update. Um, let's see here. Joy Hawkins uh, uh, informed us that the issue, there was an issue with Google My Business with missing product descriptions, and that seems to be fixed. And the other issue that Google My Business was having was with those uh, wait time recommendations. Um, so, you know, when you uh, are thinking of going to a restaurant and it says there's a two hour wait uh, to get a table, those were wrong. I would imagine that a lot of those are uh, just skewed based on, I, I, we used to, I, I don't know how they measure those, but I'm assuming it's people with Android phones or at least with Google on their phone um, that they're sending signals back to Google to say, yeah, you know, 18 people uh, with their phone have been in this restaurant and they've been here for an average of two hours each, something like that. Uh, anyways, that seems to be fixed and people are reporting that the wait times are much more accurate now. I think we'll do just one question here for the Q&A section. And um, we had uh, a great question from Christian, um, who was asking us about their website. Uh, it's called hometips.com. Um, and so uh, I'm not going to read this entire question because there's um, a lot of data in terms of uh, numbers that uh, probably I, I, it's not wise for me to share. Uh, but what you need to know is that um, this website had some impact with the May 4th update, a negative impact. Uh, and so now I have not looked at this entire website. Um, what uh, they submitted was one particular page. And if you want to look at it, it's hometips.com slash repair dash fix slash door dash lock dash latch dash problems dot html um i think another way you can find it is probably to google door la door latch problems door lock problems hometips.com um, and so this was given as a typical example of a page that struggled and lost rankings with the may 4th uh, google core update 
Um, so I did spend some time looking at this page, and I think this is actually a really good example of um, uh, a page that could be greatly improved in terms of user intent. And I'm worried about pages like this with whatever's coming up with Google. But I'm also excited because I think if I can explain what's in my head right now, it could be revolutionary for this site. So we'll see. We'll see. First of all, uh, there are page speed issues. Um, when I opened this page, it took, and I'm on very fast internet, it took forever for it to load. Uh, and there are so many ads on the page. And this is a, this is an issue with so many websites because you can look at competitors and you can say, well, they've got 20 ads on the page and I've got 15. Like, how is that? How, how am I wrong when the site that ranks number one is, is right? And often I really feel like if you are a massive authority, you can get away with things in terms of ads that smaller sites can't. I also think that, um, Ad experience is not likely a ranking factor unless it's horrendous. So I don't think that these extra ads are hurting you uh, directly, but I also think that like I had a hard time um, figuring out where the content was on the page and what was, even though it's labeled, uh, I had to look hard to figure out what was an ad and what was uh, what was part of the um, uh, the content itself. So you made me work uh, to try to figure out where my answer was on this page. Um, now, a site that dropped on May 4th, you know, and we've been analyzing so many sites that saw May 4th drops, and the more I look at it, I really feel like this was, you know, Google said that uh, when they first announced BERT, uh, that it was able to, um, that it affected one in 10 queries. Uh, and I actually think that May 4th was was part of this change with BERT. Um, when they first announced that, it was last October. So they had a little bit of time. And we had one core update since uh, in between then. That was the January core update. I, I think that had a small impact too in terms of um, Google understanding uh, whether you're actually the best result for people. Um, but May 4th, really, what we're noticing is there are a lot of websites that if you look at the website itself, if you look at the content, you would go, you know, somebody who sits down and reads this article, they would find everything that they need on this question. The problem is the information is hard to find. Uh, and this is very hard to explain, so I'm going to do my best here, and hopefully it will make sense. Um, one of the things that I think is going to be really important coming up, and one of the keys to fixing this type of page, in my opinion, is to look at how skimmable the content is. I don't know if skimmable is really a word, but think about a searcher um, that has a question landing on this page. So let's say I saw one of your top search queries, which you do rank quite well for, like number two, I believe, uh, is door won't lock. So let's say I'm a searcher and I uh, search for door won't lock and I land on this page. It's home tips. So, uh, you know, immediately as a searcher, I'm thinking, look, I need tips. <laughs> and home tips sort of implies like you're going to tell me uh, how I can do this myself, how I can fix this. Um, and it actually, like if you put yourself in the shoes of a searcher, which again is really hard to do when you're looking at your own content. I had to scroll down quite a bit before I found something that I'm like, ah, 
I think my answer is in here. Now, you actually use um, something I really like at the top of the article and in this article uh, uh, thing, and it's got little jump links on where to go. The thing is, though, I scrolled right past that because there's so many ads on the site that I thought that was an ad. Uh, and I think that there's a way that you could probably make a better uh, table of content that actually looks like it's part of the content itself, and that, that would help. Um, and then I started looking at if I was a searcher, one of the things people will do is read the headings. Your headings are not horrible, but I have to scroll down a couple of page widths or lengths really before I actually find a heading on this page uh, beyond the how to repair doorknob locks and hardware. Um, and so I have to scroll past, uh, there's a paragraph at the beginning, there's a, an, an ad, there's an image um, of a doorknob. So I'm like, okay, here's my answer, but that's actually an ad that tells me where to buy a lock on Amazon. There's a related posts bug. And then there's a paragraph uh, I don't know, that doesn't answer my question either. So, and then there's a diagram of a door lock, which uh, overwhelms me. It's, it's a good diagram, but again, now I'm not saying, all right, you need to not have diagrams on your page. I'm saying as a searcher, I'm struggling to find, what's the answer here <laughs> to my question? Uh, and then the next heading says, door lock doesn't latch properly. Okay, so maybe that's the answer to my question. Now, if I look at the site that actually has the featured snippet that is uh, ranking above you, the very first line um, tells me, all right, expert advice on how to repair common problems with doorknob lo locks on and deadbolts. Uh, and it says many doorknob and lock set problems can be corrected before they become so serious. Often a malfunctioning latch assembly or a lock mechanism causes the problem. Now, that... Uh, and I, this is how I don't know how to explain it. When, as a searcher, when I was skimming this, that post made me feel more confident that my answer is in there. I felt like it was written in a way that said, look, I know you have problems with your door locking. It could be one of these things, and we're going to tell you that you got this. You can fix it. Um, the other really interesting thing, and which website was this on now? I believe, I'm not sure if this is the website that ranked right above you or right below you, but when I typed in uh, my query, um, Google actually highlighted on the page the paragraph, and it's right at the beginning that says, door locking problems almost always originate in the door latch, not the locking mechanism. Uh, and then it gives me, it just, it highlights this paragraph that basically uh, makes me think, okay, this relates to my problem. And, um, you know, if I skim the headings, it tells me in this article, things I will need, a screwdriver, a chisel, a hammer. Uh, and, and that, again, gives to me as a reader, all right, I got this. This, this website's telling me I, I've got all of these things. I can do this. I can do this. Now, yours, if I sat down and I read every word of your article and I took out all the ads, and I'm not saying you need to take out all your ads, but I think you might do better by looking at where they're positioned and whether they're looking like main content. Um, but if I sat down and read your article, it's by far better than any of the other ones that are ranking. But I had to sit down and read the whole thing in order to determine that. And you see how this relates to what I was talking about earlier with my vitamin D uh, research. Um, Google 
eventually surfaced uh, a research article that had the information I wanted. And because I'm somebody who likes to read a lot, you know, somebody tweeted, how many SEO articles do you read in a week? And the, the results were like, uh, I think the max was five plus. And like, I read a lot. I read probably 50 or more articles every week. But, and I do that by skimming. Uh, for the most part. But if I find something that I really, really am interested in, yeah, I'll sit down and I'll read the whole article. And if I had a problem with my door not locking, this article has my answers, but only if I read the entire article. So the the thing that I would work on the most is um, to, to have your articles written in a way that very quickly says to users, here's what your problem is, here's how you fix it. And I have ideas on how to do that, but it's, I think that it doesn't translate well to uh, podcast um, uh, discussion. And there will be more stuff that we'll, I'm going to be talking about in the weeks to come on that type of thing. A few things, you know, and I, I think I'm going to, th these things will be in my article that is coming out um, in the next couple of days or so if I can get my act together uh, and, and, uh, and get it done. Um, but really things like heading use and uh, user testing as well, um, things like that. So I think if you can uh, make your pages more uh, easy to skim, that you will find improvements. Uh, so this is, might be one of the examples where Google, you know, when they have core updates, they say it's not necessarily that you're doing anything wrong. We've just figured out that this result is more relevant. And often people will look and say, but this result doesn't have this, and it doesn't have that, and it's, it doesn't have references. It doesn't, you know, like all these things that we've pointed out as signs of quality. But Google's goal is to provide people with trustworthy information that actually meets their needs. Uh, and so your key is going to be in figuring out how to do that. Um, that's something that we're, uh, my team and I are going to be in discussion soon about how we can offer that. Um, you know, we want to take on, well, I mean, we do have several clients already that, uh, that we're going to be offering this to where we look at individual content and we figure out uh, how can we determine what types of intent are bringing people to this page and um, how can we optimize for that. So I'm, I'm really excited about that work coming up uh, in the future. I'm going to end it there. Uh, as I mentioned before, I have a dermatology appointment I need to go to. And so uh, uh, I'm, I'm heading out, going to take off easy uh, early uh, for today. Um, you know what? I'll probably end up doing a little bit more work later on today, though. I hope that you're doing all right. Uh, I know coronavirus is getting to be much more serious in many parts of the world. I really urge you to take this seriously. Um, I know there's a lot of politics amongst people, you know, whether you wear a mask or who you support, uh, but this is a really serious virus. And just because it hasn't affected you personally, perhaps, uh, it, it's out there. It's not fake. It's, uh, it's very, very important. So um, I really hope that you're staying safe, staying, saying safe. There we go. Are we going to edit that out? I think we'll leave it in. I hope that you're staying safe. <laughs> and I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. Mm -hmm.